The most influential leaders communicate not through their words, but by their example. So on this episode of the 11th Thing podcast, I will be speaking to former business executive, coach and top selling author, Laura Darrell, about the importance of leadership example setting. My name is Paul Aladanika, and you are listening to the 11th Thing podcast. Welcome to episode 9 of the 11th Thing podcast. This episode is a further exploration of the nine principles of exceptional leadership, which I covered in episode 3. As mentioned in the intro, my special guests Laura Darrell and I are going to be talking about leadership example setting. As part of this, Laura is going to be delving into her professional experience and sharing insights, offering takeaways, and right at the end, she'll say more about the work that she's doing. Laura Darrell has been a leadership has been in leadership for nearly 30 years. She has held senior leadership roles at some of the most iconic brands in business, such as Apple and Starbucks. In addition to senior and executive level experience, Laura prides herself on having gained practical first-hand experience working in the field. Laura is currently a sought-after leadership consultant, a speaker, and a top-selling author of books, including The Principles of Franchisee Success, The Great Resignation, and The Promotability Gap. Laura holds a master's degree in organizational leadership from Royal Roads University in British Columbia. Laura, thank you very much for joining me on the 11th Thing podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure, Paul. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Excellent. Excellent. So let's just kick off. Um, So as a leader, what are the example setting behaviors that you have specifically tried to model in your professional career? It's a great question. I think that, um, you know, my biggest belief is that you have to be where the business happens. Mm. And for me, I spent a lot of time uh, working in the field. So whether that was in a retail environment or a hospitality environment, I spent a lot of time in the action. I think that's where you have a really big opportunity um, to role model what right looks like from the guest experience or the customer experience or how we treat our team members and our employees in the business unit. So Mm. certainly I spent a ton of time in the field I think the other thing that I really um, spent a lot of time considering and coaching and role modeling is around difficult conversations. It's one of the areas that I really um, observed that new leaders tended to really struggle with the most. So Mm -hmm. I would just get in there with them and kind of role model what that conversation uh, could look like, what it could sound like, uh, because I I really believe, Paul, that there is nothing more powerful than your own example. Yeah. Um, and just the types of relationships that that helps you build yeah. uh, with the folks that you wish to lead. Yeah. And it's interesting you saying that because uh, h- how did that affect your relationships then when people actually saw you, <laughs> you know, yeah, just just working with them and and role modeling? Um, h- how did that affect how they saw you and how they related oh. to you? Yeah, it's a great question. I think that I just think it my care came through, right? You you yeah. have to care about people to want to get in the trenches with them and yeah. you know kind of take them by the hand and show them the way and role model what right looks like. Um it really does help um build trust and and how the folks that you wish to lead how they trust you as their leader. 
Um, and it just really shows that you care about them to, to understand kind of the struggles that they're having firsthand, to be there to celebrate the big wins when they happen. Folks want to work for leaders like that. Uh, yeah. They really truly do. And I just think it really helped build followership. It helped bring people on the bus with me so that we were kind of all going in the same direction together. Yeah. And do you think it, do you think it impacted that? Because one of the things that I think is really powerful in terms of in relationships is, is the trust dynamic. It's an important sort of, you know, it's a, you know, I, I, I always see trust as a, as an important sort of social currency, if you like. Um, how did it affect that sort of trust relationship? Uh, I think that it's one of the biggest building blocks to trust. Yeah. When you yeah. care enough to get um, out into the field or into the trenches with with your team where they are, um, to really just work alongside them, to coach them, to appreciate them, to recognize them, to do all the things that you simply can't do yeah. um, sitting behind your desk. I think that just builds trust, which is, uh, you know, from my perspective, that is the foundation or the co- cornerstone um, of really good leadership. And I, I think that without trust, uh, you have a lot of difficulty building relationships, getting people on the bus with you, getting people going kind of in the same direction towards a common goal. Mm. I actually don't think any of those things can happen without trust. And I think just trust is built when you care enough to spend time with the people um, that you wish to lead. Yeah, yeah. Well, Laura, you're a you're a former business executive. And so so when you go when you go into an organization tasked with performing, I don't know, say a, a cultural diagnostic, mm-hmm. what are the example setting deficits that you would indicate, that would indicate to you that there may be something wrong? So, you, you know, you go into an organization, you, 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 you have a look at that organization, how people behave, what the relationships are like, what, what sort of example setting deficits would give you an indication that, well, actually things are not quite right here? Yeah, I think the the first thing that's almost always present um, in organizations like that is that there's just an over-reliance on, you know, kind of the mid-level managers in the organization to report back, here's how the team is doing, here's how the customer's feeling, here's some of the problems that we're having. Um, and there's just an over-reliance on, you know, the way, the way that feedback gets back to the senior team. There, there's a lack of time spent um, engaging with the front lines of the organization, going to see it for yourself so that you can, you know, really walk your talk. I've been in a number of organizations where they say, oh, yes, you know, the employee experience is absolutely critical to us or the customer experience is the most important thing that we do. Yet we we don't see those executives or those senior leaders Um, out on the front lines, engaging with guests or customers or, you know, coaching and supporting the team and trying to learn from them about some of the roadblocks that um, they might be experiencing. So I think that's, you know, kind of the first thing that you you usually always see is just an over-reliance on anecdotal feedback coming from the middle levels of the organization Mm -hmm. and a lack of this kind of let's go see for ourselves, let's go role model the things that we talk about um, in the boardroom. And I think the other thing that's almost always, um, you know, kind of within these organizations is just a kind of, they, they preach, you know, collaboration and we need to involve the stakeholders and we need to, you know, have really robust dialogue and conversations. And there's a lot of saying those things, but not a lot of active collaboration mm-hmm. happening throughout the levels of the organization or even with, you know, key partners and stakeholders and customers. It's kind of this, 
well, we say these things are important and they might be up on a, you know, on a poster in the boardroom or, you know, in the, the HR side of the office. Sure. Um, but there's not a lot of action that, that meets those words. Um, and I think that just all circles back to, to trust when leaders or when, when employees hear the leaders say one thing and then do something entirely different. Mm. Um, I don't think anything erodes trust uh, faster than that. Mm. Interesting. And do you think it's, do you think it's, do, do you think the size of the organization, um, do, do you think that the extent to which example setting behaviors may not sort of differ depends on the size of the organization? Do sm- are smaller organizations more likely to have example setters in them compared to larger ones, do you think? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that, um, yes, organization size can definitely play um, a role in just how um, you know, certain levels of leadership in the organization, um, how involved they are in example setting. I think also organizations that have a little bit of a flatter structure, less hierarchical, oh, that's a tough one, um, organizations that have a bit of a flatter structure, I think it's a little bit easier for them um, or more natural in those organizations to lead with example setting in mind because there's just simply less layers um, between you know the folks at the top of the organization and the folks that are actually executing on yeah. the brand promise, whatever that uh, whatever that brand promise is. So yeah, organizational size and just how um, the organization is structured related to hierarchy, I think both play an impact um, in the amount of example setting you might see. Excellent. And in terms of organize, I mean, organizational success is often attributed to sort of sound financial management. Innovation is often cited, effective risk management, but not necessarily example setting. You know, you don't often hear people, you know, say, oh, yeah, I was a great example setter or the people in my service, you know, set the right examples. They talk about other things. But in your experience, how important is is it that leaders model the right kinds of behaviors? I think it's vital. I actually think it's one of the most important things um, that a leader can do. And I certainly think it's one of the most important things we should be teaching new leaders in the organization because it's what builds trust and credibility. And without trust and credibility, everything is just a little bit harder. It's hard to get people to buy in. It's hard to get people to care. It's hard to get you know, different departments working alongside each other, going in the same direction. If you don't have, you know, a solid foundation of example setting, uh, which is really a form of coaching and really modeling the way, if you don't have that, I just believe everything is a little bit more difficult um, in the organization. And, you know, I think it really is going to have an impact on how organizations are able to attract a generation like Gen Z into the workforce is coaching, mentorship, and role modeling tops the list of what they're looking for from their leaders. And if you don't have that, if that doesn't exist, you're going to have a real tough time attracting and retaining that cohort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 a really good point. And sort of drawing on your own experience, Laura, I mean, was there a was there a eureka moment for you when you became aware of the importance of example setting on the behavior of others? Was it was it either something that you did or something that you saw? <laughs> what what was your eureka moment? Oh gosh, I think that um, 
you know, I'd start by saying, uh, Paul, that I, I've always believed that um, leaders should be in the trenches with their team, just role modeling what right looks like and, you know, never asking folks to do something that you wouldn't first do yourself. So I've kind of always believed that just from the way that I was raised to, you know, how I used to uh, show up as a leader in the workplace. Mm-hmm. But I think one of my biggest eureka moments was when I actually, you know, got to a little bit more of a senior uh, position in an organization and I would hear things <clears throat> I was working in the franchise space at the time and I would hear senior leaders talk about oh you know how important the franchisee is and without them we don't have a business and I would hear this type of language and conversation but I would never see any of these individuals actually getting out into the business units and spending time with franchisees and having meaningful dialogue with them about the program systems and tools and how things were working and, you know, working to build that, that partnership with them. And that was a bit of an aha moment for me that if you really, you know, from the top of the organization, if you're saying things are really important, but your actions aren't supporting that, Mm. I think I saw the firsthand you know, relationship damage that can be caused not just to, you know, the rest of the folks that work in that organization, but to a key stakeholder group um, as important as as franchisees in the franchisee world. So that was a bit of an aha moment for me. Gosh, how do you bridge that gap? How do you get folks kind of out of the ivory tower to stop talking about how important a, a stakeholder or a group is and actually role modeling um, that that belief of of how important they are to the business? That, that is fascinating. And, and it's interesting you pointing that out, actually, because, I mean, one of the things that is really quite challenging about example setting is that fundamentally it's about discipline, isn't it? It's about conscientious. You never get a day off from being an example setter, do you really? <laughs> no, there's a funny saying that, you know, everybody loves to be a, bot- a boss watcher. Yes. Um, and I absolutely think that's true. Everybody's taking you know, their lead from you, at, you yeah. know, as the leader goes, so goes the team and so yeah. goes the organization. And yeah, it can be, it can be tiring to yeah. know that you've always got to walk the talk. You've yeah. always got to follow the brand standards. You've yeah. always got to do what you're asking the team to do. There yeah. isn't a day off because the one time you don't do it is the time they're going to, they're exactly. going to see it and they're going to shine a big light on it. Yeah. And, and aside from anything else, it's, it's fundamentally a it's a it's a it's a fundamental measure of leadership authenticity, isn't it? I mean, if you yeah. if you if you do what you say, if you say what you mean, mean what you say, and do what you promise, then people know what you're about. You you're you know you your heart is on your sleeve. You you can yes. demonstrate your authenticity. That I mean, that's probably leadership in a nutshell, right there. Um, Paul is just mean what you say, do what you say you're going to do you know, just, just show up, care enough to, to do the things that you say you're going to do um, and be human. I think that the other thing, you know, when it comes to example setting that is so important that often goes by the wayside is that, you know, leaders don't understand that, gosh, when you, when you make a mistake or you don't know something and you're really authentic about that and you're honest about that and you're open about that, what you're also doing is you're creating the space for others to do the same. That's so, right. you know, you, you create this, you set this example that, look, we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. Things are not always going to go perfectly. And when you own up to those and people see you do that, 
Um, it's amazing how transparent the organization can be, you know, can become and, you know, problems stop getting swept under the rug because there's no fear of reprisal. That's right. Um, so I just think that's such an important, uh, an important lesson as well in example setting it starts with you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And can you describe an, an, an occasion when you've had to challenge a, a bad leadership example? Yeah, so that's a great question too. I was um, thinking about a time um, earlier in my career, I think I'd been in a regional leadership role for, I don't know, probably six or seven years at this point. And I had started at a new organization. Um, so I was kind of spending my first, um, you know, my first days out in the business units. And, you know, I've already shared that my style of leadership is one that I roll up my sleeves and I get in the trenches with the team and I role model exactly what I expect from the leaders in the business units. So I was in a busy location and the, the, the business unit was kind of working shorthanded. And so I just got, you know, onto the line and I was, um, you know, cleaning in the cafe and I was, you know, doing dishes and I was, you know, wow. doing all the things that I could do to help, um, help the team get through what was obviously a little bit of a stressful, uh, stressful period. Well, I had another regional manager, um, you know, kind of get wind of, of what I was doing um, in, in my stores and kind of leading this way. And they, they told me that, you know, when you reach it, when you reach this level in the organization, after you've worked your way up um, through the various positions, that once you hit the regional level, we no longer needed to do those things. We no longer needed to clean bathrooms and bus tables and take wow. out garbage and things like that. And obviously that um, just was fundamentally against kind of what, what I believe from a values perspective about being a great role model. So I just respectfully, you know, had to share some of my experience about why I believed this to be a really important tool for leaders to leverage in, in building relationships and building trust and, you know, creating a spirit or a culture of where we're, we're all in it together. There's no, not one of us that are above the other. And yeah, I think that was a little bit difficult because I, I was, I was new in this organization and I didn't have a lot of peer relationships at this time. Um, but it was just one of those things, Paul, that I just, I just couldn't let that go. Like it's, it's something that I valued. And um, so we had a respectful conversation about that. And, you know, as I went through my time in that organization, I think the, the results that the region was able to achieve through really embracing this leadership style in all of the business units, um, I think the results speak for themselves um, in, in that situation. That's amazing. And it's interesting, Laura, because you've you've highlighted a really another important aspect and dimension of example setting, which is that it's fundamentally about values, isn't it? It's yes. I mean, you, you're, you're basically saying, well, these are my values and I wasn't prepared to compromise them. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's a, a very beautiful way to put it. And I think, you know, number one, leaders have to be really clear about what their values are um, so that they can, you know, kind of live those out in the work world. Um, but also there, there's going to come a time in your in your career, in your life where you're going to have to make a choice. Um, do you do you go along to get along and, you know, kind of mm -hmm. let your values fall by the wayside so that you can fit in and, you know, maybe make friends a little bit easier? Or do you stand by your convictions 
Um, and I'm always, you know, I was just raised uh, in a way that, you know, your values are what makes you you. And it's really important that you don't just talk about those values, but that you live those values out every day. And I always believe, too, that if you're a good human and you care about people and you, you really want to help and you really want to show people the way, um, good things happen uh, yeah. in those situations. So I think it's always worth it to, to live by your values. And so, so what, what specific advice, Laura, would you give to senior leaders and executives in the context of example setting? Because you've been there, you've seen it, you've done it, you've, you've written books. You know, what, 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 what advice would you give? Oh, my gosh. I think there's two things that I would say are really important when it comes to, you know, building a culture in your organization that leads through setting the right example. And I think the first thing is... Um, is that if you want to attract Gen Z to your organization, you need to lean into this leadership style specifically because they demand it of their leaders. So really um, starting to learn everything you can about this kind of coaching leadership style and how, you know, being a coach and getting in the trenches and, and showing what right looks like is actually a really quick path to success when you can role model and explain and show people exactly what success looks like or the right behavior looks like, you're going to get to a successful outcome quicker. So my, my first piece of advice would be, if you want to attract Gen Z, start to learn everything you can about coaching leadership and how example setting fits into that leadership style. And then you need to train the leaders in your organization to be able to adapt to that leadership style and bring it to life every day. Then you need to obviously follow up um, and make sure that the leaders in your organization, um, specifically the middle leaders in the organization, that they're able to use this um, example setting leadership style um, because it's just just that vital and that generation is going to be, you know, one of the biggest cohorts working in organizations uh, in the next few years. And they just absolutely demand that. So figure out what it is, you know, learn as much as you can about it, and then invest in some teaching and some coaching for the leaders in your organization to go forth and, you know, apply that example setting across all levels of your organization. That would probably be my best advice. That's that's excellent. And I will personally take that on board because I'm in a leadership position myself. So that's terrific <laughs> advice. That's terrific advice. So just, you know, when, when you think about your leadership legacy, so just sort of rounding off here, when you think about your leadership legacy in the context of example setting, what, what would you want people to remember about your specific contribution and what you stood for? <sighs> I think that I want people to remember um, that I cared deeply Um, about the people that I was tasked with leading and that I always did what I said I was going to do and that I was always someone that was in the trenches, whatever those trenches were, whether it's retail units or hospitality or, you know, different, um, you know, different uh, situations entirely, that I was always there working alongside my team because I cared enough to show them what right looked like and to coach them and give them feedback and champion them along the way. I think that's what I would, you know, what I most hope um, to be remembered for in my uh, leadership positions in the different organizations that that I worked in. That, that's that's really interesting. And I, j- just sort of listening to you, one of the things that comes across very clearly is 
and it'll be interesting to get your thoughts on this. You, you certainly seem to exemplify as almost like a service, a servant leadership. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, a servant leadership style. Would that be, would that be right? 100%. I, um, yeah, I, I just believe that the leader exists to, to serve their, to serve their people, to take care of the, their team, whether that's two people or 500 people. Um, because I really believe, Paul, that beautiful things can happen and you can achieve just incredible results um, when you exist to to serve your people, take care of them, coach them, teach them, show them the way. Uh, when you pour yourself into others, um, great things can happen. And it's a beautiful thing to watch somebody flourish and find success and yes. get that first big win. And you see yeah. that, you know, the energy and the smile on their face. Um, gosh, if that's not why you're leading people, I, I don't know why why you would. That's just such a, a beautiful thing to to witness and be a part of. Absolutely. And I would even go further and say, if, if that's not what you're in leadership to do, then you probably shouldn't be in leadership, I would I would, yeah. uh, I would say. Agreed. Absolutely agree. Yeah. So, so Laura, for the purposes of uh, this particular episode and, and for the listeners, what would you say are the three or four key takeaways uh, from this episode about example setting? Oh, okay. So I think the, the first biggest takeaway is that um, coaching leadership and example setting, I, I believe to be the leadership style of the future. And if you are not invested in that style, if you don't know about that style, um, and the impacts that can it can have um, across the organization. That's probably takeaway number one is to um, to go on a little fact finding mission and do a little bit of um, exploration of example setting and coaching leadership. That would be takeaway number one. I think that the second biggest um, takeaway would be, you know, when you are a leader that walks your talk, that is visible across the organization, doing the things that you say you're going to do exemplifying the things that you have said to be of the utmost importance in your organization. When you are that type of leader, you will build trust across your organization and trust is just the foundation of leadership. So I think that's takeaway number two, that you, you cannot build trust and credibility as a leader without walking the talk. And then I guess the last takeaway would be um, around how adults actually, how they learn. And the tell, show, do, review kind of teaching method uh, really translates beautifully into example setting because a lot of adults will learn just by watching you in action, watching what right looks like. And if you want to really help cement, you know, learning uh, in your organization or really help training kind of take hold um, within the organization, example setting is something that can really help you get there um, because that's part of that showing method. Let me show you what right looks like. Let me show you, you know, how to deal with this guest concern. Let me show you how to, you know, kind of get some conflict resolution here. That's a really, really powerful teaching method that can enhance uh, training programs in, in many organizations. So that would probably be my third biggest takeaway. Excellent, excellent. That's that's really, really helpful. And thank you very much for that, Laura. And just before we, we sign off, uh, Laura, I mean, it would be great for you to give our listeners a little bit more information about, about yourself and the work that you're doing. You're a top-selling author, you're a consultant, you're a coach, you're a former business executive. You know, tell us more about what you're working on and also how our listeners can get in contact with you. 
Oh, well, that is um, a great opportunity. Thanks, Paul. I think that I would just say that what am I working on? I am on a mission. I am on a mission to enhance leadership in organizations, big, big or small, um, around the world. I think that leadership can have such a phenomenally positive impact on people's lives. Um, so I'm on a mission to do everything I can to help enhance leadership and leaders around the world. Um, folks can go over to my website. It's uh, lauradarylleadership.com and just yeah, you can check out my books there. I have a blog. I, you know, I talk a lot about different leadership subjects. Um, I'm just, I'm super passionate about leaders and the impact that they have on people's lives. And I'm just, yeah, like I say, I'm on a mission to do everything I can to enhance leadership for folks that uh, that go to work every day in organizations around the world. Excellent, excellent. And and you're I, you're also on on X, formerly Twitter. Uh, Laura's also on TikTok. She does some brilliant hot takes on TikTok. <laughs> Please go on to TikTok and listen to Laura Darrell. She's absolutely amazing. Laura, it's been such a great pleasure and honor to have you on the 11th Thing podcast. I've, I've really enjoyed it. And as I always say to our guests, um, it will be great to have you back at some point to, to, to delve deep into it, into another topic. Oh, gosh, I would love it, Paul. Um, and just thank you so much for um, for the opportunity. I've enjoyed just getting to know you and your work and, you know, anybody that's working to really enhance leadership. Um, gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. So thank you for the opportunity. And anytime, I'd love to do it again. Excellent. So before I sign off, can I ask listeners to please share this podcast across your social networks? Please also check out the previous episodes of the 11th Thing podcast. And if you want to know more about the issues being covered in this series, head over to Believeonomics on YouTube and TikTok for a sneak peek. There are a range of videos there, which I am sure you'll find really helpful. Finally, you may also want to check out Paula Ladinica on Medium.com, where I post a new blog once a week. So thank you very much for listening. <laughs>